hey, I'm Grace and I'm the host of this podcast, She Builds Me Up. She is my neighbor, my friend, my sister, my mentor, and my inspiration. She's the everyday woman that surrounds me all the time. We laugh together, we cry together, and we love together. I value her because of the amazing gifts she shares with me. Come and join my tribe and let's build something amazing together. This is where we uplift one another, we let our guards down, we invest fully in one another, and we become stronger by doing so. Together, we are going to get into the nitty-gritty of this weird world of adult friendships. We're going to combat our challenges and have fun while doing it. Okay, so we're back with season two. It's it's weird to say season two, but here we are. And I have my friend Emily on the phone. Emily, if you want to say hi. Oh, hi, everybody. I thought you were going to talk about how amazing of a friend I am. Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. <laughs> Um, Emily lives in Missouri right now, Joplin, Missouri, but we met in Danville because you guys were doing your residence here when we moved here. And I feel like you were like my first friend because like I showed up and you guys were like, Hey, come over to our house for dinner. And I just feel like we kind of got along pretty easily, pretty quickly. And so it was just good. And you guys like were like our little welcoming committee. So and then when you guys left, of course, I, like, cried my eyes out, so you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, I really yes. did. I don't know if I did it in front of you, because I'm uncomfortable with emotion, well, but yeah. I did it later for sure. Well, my goal with anyone that leaves me that I'm sad about is to get them to cry in front of me, and so I think you got teary, if I remember right. <laughs> Maybe I did. I don't remember. <laughs> I do remember going over to your house. Yeah. And... Yeah, I might have when you cried, because usually when other people start to cry, usually that's the trigger. Oh, yeah, so. that's me, too. Well, I cry all the time. Everyone everyone knows that. So, anyway, um, but you guys are, um, I guess you're, it's weird that you're in Missouri now, because that's like, that's where I'm from. So, it's kind right. of like, but you're not, you're like hours away from where I'm from, which is unfortunate, but anyway. The complete opposite ends of the state. We're barely in Missouri we're like 10 minutes from the Oklahoma border right oh yeah because you're yeah yeah that's true yeah we're just on the very edge Missouri mm-hmm. is a lot like there it's a lot like Pennsylvania where there's kind of the big cities on the edges and then just kind of nothing in the middle yeah I feel like most states are like that right like there's like one or two major cities and then the rest of the state is like farm town so I don't in know. the midwest in the, in the Midwest. Well, Pennsylvania is not the Midwest, so. I know, um, and I don't, I'm just, I'm from the South, and I like to say I'm from the South, and I live in the South, and Missouri's considered the Midwest, but I'm just like, well, we're, we're really at the bottom of Missouri. <laughs> well, and I think some people consider Missouri the South. I don't, because I'm, I've never thought of myself as from the South, but I know some people think that, so I don't know. Well, it was in the South in the Civil War, so. It's true. It's true. Count. Yes, it's true. Um, okay, so for today, I'm going to let you go ahead and choose your topic. Or not, you did, you've already chosen your topic. And tell us what your topic is that you chose and why. Oh, yeah. So when you first told me that I was choosing my own topic, for some reason I thought maybe you chose them for us or we chose them together. <laughs> and so when you first told me that I chose my own topic, I kind of panicked a little bit <laughs> because so many good topics 
And I just thought, what can I possibly talk about that hasn't already been talked about? And so I think I was just thinking one night, you know, when you're trying to go to sleep and your brain just won't shut off. Mm-hmm. And kind of the topic I came up with was mom guilt. Yeah. Which and, is good because I've had that today. So go on. Why did you pick it? Well, just for that reason that everybody experiences it. Every mm-hmm. mom mm-hmm. experiences it in some form or another. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I that's why I picked it. And I don't think I don't remember ever kind of the moment where I heard about it for the first time. I think I just kind of have always been aware of it kind of in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time I kind of had to sit down and be like, okay, what is this? You know, what causes it? How do we, how do, how do we kind of make this better for ourselves? So what do you feel like mom guilt is then? Like what would you, <laughs> what would be the definition of it? I think it is just, the guilt that you experience in association with your ability to be a mother Mm -hmm. and, and how you interact with your kids and just feeling that you're not doing enough or you're not doing things a certain way, or you're kind of messing your children up for life. And I think that's something that we experience all the time, if not every day, like you said, you've already felt it today. Yes, I have. And I'll get to that in a minute, but I was wondering, cause for me, I know the answer, my answer to this question, but like, has your mom guilt changed? Cause you have three children. I guess we didn't mention that you have three kids. Mm-hmm. And so has your guilt changed as you've like added more kids as your kids ages have changed? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So my kids are, I have three boys. They are 10, seven and three. And it has changed as they've gotten older. That's something I didn't really think about until you kind of posed that question, but it has changed as you know, your kids age. Cause when you, when you just have a baby, you know, they don't, they don't talk. They just kind of, you know, sit there and stuff that your guilt is mostly associated with you not being able to communicate with your child. If they are, mm-hmm. you know, hurting or something's wrong and they can't tell you about it you know you just kind of have to figure it out and then once you do figure it out you feel guilty that it took you so long yeah (laughs) you know yeah and um it definitely changes as your kids get older and as they start communicating and talking with you and also realizing that when your kids are little and they're toddlers and they're babies you're like well I really messed that up but guess what they're not going to remember that (laughs) and then as your kids get older you're like nope they're going to remember that yeah they're going to remember that I lost my temper and that I yelled and that I said that and and they're going to remember and so uh, that's how it changed for me and as you when you only have one child you kind of that child has all of your attention and so as you add in more kids your and that kid basically just lives in their car seat just being shot around yeah and and you know there's guilt associated with that too so I think it's it definitely changes as your kids get older and I know there's moms out there that have obviously kids older than mine so I'm sure it changes even further yeah yeah 
I know you said that you weren't aware of mom guilt until later in your mothering, but I feel like I went into parenting with everyone being like, oh, you're going to experience mom guilt. Like, this is a huge thing, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I just didn't really feel it ever. And I was just like, what are all these crazy ladies talking about? Like, I'm fine. Like, I'm doing a great job. I'm so good at this. And then I had my daughter, my second one, and all of a sudden it was very apparent, like, Kind of like where it hit me was the, I can't give my undivided attention to either of them. So like, you know, Flint, that's my son. He is struggling because I'm giving more attention to a baby and the baby requires more attention. So she's getting more attention and like you just go down the spiral of that, you know. But then if you give too much attention to him, then it's like you're neglecting a baby that can't do anything for herself. And so it was just interesting. Like that was a huge shift for me. And like... Also, what you said, now that Flint is five, he's starting to enter into those years of, like, he's going to remember <laughs> what I'm doing right now. So it's just like, oh, my gosh. If he's five, that's crazy. I know. I know. So it's just it's just pressure, I guess, is where the guilt comes from. Um, exactly. Yeah. And you just, and as they get older, you realize that that time is slipping away you know and my son just turned 10 and I realized that the time that he's with me at my home is more than half over wow yeah so just thinking about all the things I need to teach him and I was I need to prepare him for the world and I'm just like oh my gosh I haven't we need to you know we I need to teach him how to do the laundry or I need to teach him how to clean and we need to talk about sex we need to talk about pornography we need to I need to be sure he knows how to treat women and, and just you know you can kind of go down that spiral of everything that you need to be sure to teach them and mm-hmm. it's really overwhelming so mm-hmm. well and also like I just feel like no matter how good of a job you do you just know when they're adults there's going to be something that you did wrong right you know what I mean like so it's just hard because like no matter what you do it's there's going to be something you did wrong that your kids will be resent you for probably but right and I think that's why it's so important now when they're kids is to really be open in your communication with them Mm -hmm. this is something I notice more now that I'm an adult you know I grew up not like that at all we did not talk about things we just kind of shoved everything under the rug and then you wait a certain amount of time and then you just pretend it did never happen. Mm-hmm. And my husband's family is completely different. You know, if they're going to fight about something, then they fight about it. And then, you know, you move on. Yeah. And so if there's something that I did wrong as a mom and there's something that bothers my children, I hope that we've fostered a good enough relationship and an open communication that so when they're an adult, they can be like, Hey, you know, this bothers me or, yeah. Yeah. you know, it bothered me that you did this, or, you know, and so we can kind of work through that. Yeah, I love that. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, so you've obviously realized throughout your parenthood that you've experienced mom guilt. So like, let's get to the part. How did you figure out how to combat it? Well, this, um, preparing for this, I just, I kind of had to, kind of really think it through and just and just be like what what am I doing to combat it I don't think I really had a list mm-hmm. and kind of made a conscious effort with each thing mm-hmm. 
So kind of the list that I made is kind of what I do maybe subconsciously mm-hmm. to combat it. And okay. um, so kind what of are the first things? thing I thought of was being sure that you take some time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can't fill other other cups if your cup is empty. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's it's going to look different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different in what they kind of need own space and their own time and and how often too you know are you the kind of person that you need it you need that time every single day yeah just kind of kind of you know decompress and recenter and is it just you know some people i know people who take baths like every night just to kind of have that time by themselves yeah i hate i never take a bath i took a bath (laughs) in my new bathtub that i got a year ago for the first time the other night (laughs) oh my gosh I just never do that. Yeah. And so it's just, it's different for everybody what you do for your me time. And that's something if you're not used to doing, you're kind of have to kind of self-reflect a little bit and just be like, what do I want? Mm -hmm. What is something that's going to help me and help fill my cup? You know, is it taking that time? Is it going somewhere by myself? Mm -hmm. Is it going going to a girl's night or having lunch with my friends is it learning a new skill is you know it can be lots of different things no I agree and and the one thing that I've been thinking about as because I think about these questions too when I ask them is that make sure that when you're quote filling your cup with let's say you need alone time because I need that and Uh like there's a huge difference if I'm sitting in the tub, because I like taking baths, if I'm sitting in the tub scrolling my phone versus, you know, writing in my journal or meditating or, like, doing something that's actually worthwhile by myself, does that make sense? So, like, a lot of times you get down the rabbit hole of Instagram and social other social media outlets and, like, you've had all this, quote, time to yourself and, like, three hours have passed and you don't feel in- fulfilled at all even though you have been away from everybody. Does that make sense? And so I feel like you just have to make, for me, I have to be intentional about how I'm filling my me time. And I can't just say, oh, well, good for, I checked that off the list. I like did my me time. And then I'm still raging at my kids the next day because I didn't actually like fill my cup at all. So that's something I've been thinking about. What you're doing, is it, is it kind of counter- productive yes. for you yes. and that's just kind of you know that was trial and error for you you know yeah. you did this and you had to realize okay that doesn't work mm-hmm. you know you're mm-hmm. gonna have to do something else and fill it a different way and I think that you know the more you do it the easier it gets mm-hmm. the more you can kind of figure out this works for me this doesn't and something that's I think really important is to definitely have your spouse or your significant other on board mm-hmm. with time. Yes. And I'm very lucky that my husband has always been very supportive of that for me because he knows that I need, I need to get away mm-hmm. and I'm a very social person. And if I'm at home with my kids all day long, I need to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's something you need you need to kind of communi- communicate about with your spouse. 
Yeah. Because you're not, you know, they can't read your mind. Right. And if you're not communi- not communicating that, you know, and you're just giving everything, giving, 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 and taking nothing, you know, mm-hmm. years down the road, you're going to resent him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not going to know why because you never communicated that. Hey, I need this time away. This is important to me. Right, right. You know? No, I agree. And I also think a lot of this, just starting from the beginning here, you got to be aware of what your needs are. So, like, for I'll give myself as an example. Like, I'm also a very social person, as you know. Um, uh-huh. But I'm also an introvert. And so a lot of times, like, I am so obsessed with being social that I pretend that I'm an extrovert and I neglect my introverted needs. And so I'll fill all of my time with, like, spending time with friends when my body is screaming at me, like, I just need to rest. I just need to be alone. I just need, you know, to do something, meditation or journaling or, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, a lot of times it's like, you just need to, like, know what your needs are in the first place so that a you can voice them to yourself and b you can voice them to your spouse or your significant other Um, right you're you're an extroverted introvert i am i am yes um just yeah and that's good to be able to assess kind of what you need in that moment or that day mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. and that kind of makes it a little bit more tricky because it's like okay what is your me time but then what is it specifically that you need at that moment yeah mm-hmm. it's true well and also back to the like being intentional it's like yes i i need socialization but like who am i socializing with what are we doing for the socialization so like for me if someone's like hey let's have a movie night that's not gonna fill me up because what do you i don't understand movie nights because you all get in a room and you sit quietly and watch a movie <laughs> So like for me, that's like not filling my social needs because like what I need Mm -hmm. is a, is a, is a like intimate conversation. And so like, I'm not going to fill my social need with a movie night because it's like, well, is it cool if I talk during the movie? Like, which some people are cool with this. Some people aren't, but anyway. Um, so the next question I'm thinking about is a lot of women, what that I see is that they're like, well, I want to have me time and I want to do these things, but like, I can't take the time away from my kids or I need to spend time with my husband or I need this, this, and this, and this. And then they feel guilty about trying to combat the guiltiness in the first place. And so like, how do you like figure that out? Right, right. So, so the me time can get, can kind of feel initially kind of counterproductive that, we're taking me time because we feel guilty, but then taking the me time makes us feel guilty. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I think the first thing in combating that guilt is labeling it, kind of acknowledging that it's there. Okay. And saying, okay, what's happening right now? I'm feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. And just acknowledging it that it's there and we're feeling it. Mm-hmm. And kind of the next step is figuring out, okay, why am I feeling that this? Where is it coming from? Where is this guilt coming from? Um, is it coming from me time? Is it coming from any of the other things that we talked about associated with kind of being a mom and not being enough or not doing enough? Mm-hmm. And once you kind of label that guilt and figuring out where it's coming from, you know, then you can tackle it. Yeah. And I think... <clears throat> 
the best way to do that is something I call changing your thought path. Okay. I'm secretly a psychologist. Yes, I'm, I'm learning this. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is just, um, I don't think I made this up or anything, but this is something that I talk a lot about with my son, my oldest son, who suffers from anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's um, changing your thought path is we have these feelings and these triggers. And then after those triggers and those feelings, we go down this thought path of, you know, I feel guilty. I'm a horrible person. And you kind of go down this path and you go down it so often that it becomes deep and it becomes this trench in your brain. And so every time you feel that trigger, you're going to go down that thought path because it's the path of least resistance. Yeah. And you're so used to going down that path. It's a habit. And so it really takes a lot of work to create a new path in your brain. Mm-hmm. You feel that trigger. You start going down that thought thought path and you kind of have to stop and be like, no, it's okay that I'm feeling this, but I don't need to, I don't need to feel guilty for this. I need time for myself so I can give time to my children or to my family or to anything else. And you, you just kind of create maybe a specific mantra or a specific thought that's for you to kind of start that new path. And it's going to be specific to you, something that helps you. So you can say to yourself every time you feel that trigger and start feeling those feelings to kind of stop it and be like, I don't, I don't need to go down that path. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. You're very wise. I am. I'm very wise. <laughs> you are. But seriously, my mind's a little blown right now. Like I've never thought about how you're, you create these paths in your mind and the one with the least resistance is the one you go down. That is so freaking true. Wow. Good for yeah, you. Good for you that you thought of this. I'm sure you made it up. <laughs> you did what? I said, I'm sure you made that up and you're just like so wise. Well, it helps with my son's anxiety because he feels these triggers and he spirals into these anxiety paths. And I guess what we've gone through with therapy is kind of stopping and doing our breathing mm-hmm. and re- repeating these mantras. You know, everything, you know, for him specifically, his worry is that I'm going to leave him or I'm somehow going to disappear mm-hmm. and just him being calm and breathing and repeating to himself, everything's fine. Mom would never leave me. Mom's coming right back. You know, it kind of helps him create those new thought mm-hmm. paths that's that so his great. mind can. That's awesome. I love that. You could do thing with, with mom guilt and it's going to take time. You know, yeah. it's going to, it's going to take time to build that new path and make that the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I really like that. Um, so how does comparison come into play here? You mentioned that in the outline you sent me. And so explain what you mean by comparison in the realm of mom guilt. Right. So I think I think comparison is, at least for me, one of the biggest triggers. Mm-hmm. And it starts so early. You know, it starts as soon as you, as far as like having children goes, it starts when you're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Start comparing yourself to others. 
And then when your child is born, you start comparing your baby to their baby. And, oh, look at their baby's already doing this. My baby's not doing that. Oh, my baby's crying all the time and their baby's not crying. You know, it just, it Mm. just, it starts immediately and then it just never stops. Mm -hmm. You know, and you look at these other moms and what they're doing and how they're handling their children and, and it's hard to not, you just do it subconsciously. Mm Mm-hmm without even thinking your mind goes there and you walk into a room and you immediately start comparing yourself to everybody else. And the thing that I like that I've heard, I don't know who said it, but it's just, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. If when you compare yourselves to others, yourself to others, you're either going to feel superior to them or inferior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, there's no middle ground. You either feel better than them or less than them. Yeah. And neither one of those is good. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do to not do that? <laughs> I have all the answers, guys. I'm sure you do. That's why I'm interviewing <laughs> you, right? <laughs> no, this is something I really, really struggle with. Uh-huh. And I know your next question is is about social media, and that's, and that's the biggest kind of crippling thing for me is social media because I feel like social media just personifies and exaggerates mm-hmm. everything and including including comparison. Yeah. Because when you're, you know, people are posting their highlights, Absolutely. you know, and even you're, when you're with people in person, you know, I'm not going to yell and scream at my kids like I do at home, you know, in front of other people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you have to realize that they're not going to do that either. Yeah, that's true. And uh, something that's that's helped me, just one just one little thing that's helped me is is unfollowing people and then restricting social media time for myself. Yeah. And um there's so many people out there, not necessarily people that I know, more like, you know, kind of influencer people or like mommy bloggers and stuff Mm -hmm. um, who, you know, are posting on social media every day, all day long. And I used to follow a couple of them. I, I, you know, read their blogs and stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll, you know, follow them on social media. And there was two of them in in particular Mm -hmm. who it was so easy to compare myself for them because we had compare myself to them sorry yeah as we had so much in common we were we're the same age we have we both had three boys Mm -hmm. these two other mommy bloggers they had three boys they were around the same ages as my boys Mm -hmm. so it was really easy to compare myself to them and see oh my gosh look at them they are so skinny they are so pretty look at their houses are just so trendy and fashionable and clean and their kids are just so well dressed and I'm Mm -hmm. over here like no makeup sweatpants house is a mess my kids you know dress themselves and look like they dress themselves (laughs) so (laughs) um I just kind of came to the realization one day that you know seeing their posts made me feel bad about myself yeah and they weren't actively trying to make people feel bad about themselves you know it's nothing against them yeah 
Um, it's just something that I was internalizing and projecting on myself. And so I just said, you know what? I'm going to unfollow them. Yeah. I still, I still check their blogs occasionally. Yeah. But I was like, I don't, I don't need to see their posts every day. It makes no. me feel bad about myself. Right. And so I followed them and, and now I feel better. <laughs> yep. I agree. Um, the one thing that's helped me in this area is that, and I to give an example, I guess it was what a year ago now that our church came out with like a new program that was more home centered versus church centered. So meaning it, it's just like this new manual to like teach your family the curriculum, which has been helpful for COVID, obviously, but before COVID. And so we get on Instagram and there's all these people they are like getting up at 6 a.m. with their kids, having coloring pages out and like all these activities. And they're having like all this family time and teaching them the gospel like 24 seven and like taking this new manual really to heart, <laughs> which was yeah. great. Good for them. And so I remember, I don't remember if you were still here and I guess you weren't, you were in, you're in Missouri no. now, but no. it, there was the group text here of me and my friends and women just started beating themselves up really fast. Like, Oh my gosh. Like they were getting really overwhelmed. Like how am I supposed to teach my kids this curriculum? Like, look at what all these other moms are doing. Like, Oh, I can't do it. And so they were just like shutting down. And I just feel like something that I thought of for me is I was like, you know what? Like those people, A, that's not going to last probably, but B, like maybe they're really good at getting up at 6 a.m. and like coloring with their kids, but like I'm really good at like taking my kids on drives and like having good conversations with them and like I'm really good at other things, you know what I mean? And so like just remembering that we all have different strengths and like just in for a different example, like some some moms are really good at making like a really good dinner for their family every single day. I'm actually oh, one of, I'm actually one of those people. Like, like I don't do that. <laughs> right. Like I'm for the most part, we did have a frozen pizza last night to be completely transparent. But for the most part, like I'm pretty good at having a really good meal on the table most of the time. But right, and cooking is something you enjoy. Yes, I love cooking. Where, like, other moms are really good at, like, exercising with their kids and being active and, like, doing that. And I'm terrible at that. Like, I'm terrible at, like, going on bike rides with my families and hikes and walks. I mean, once again, COVID has made me better at it. But the point being is that, like, there's going to be things that I'm really good at and there's going to be things that you're really good at. And, like, we're not all going to be good at all of the things all of the time, like... So I, I, that's my mantra that like I tell myself whenever I go down the comparison path, cause I definitely go down it is that like, uh-huh. Hey, they're really good at taking pictures for Instagram and putting them on and making us think that their lives are perfect. Good for them. <laughs> I am not good at that. Like, <laughs> it doesn't sound bitter at all. No, 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 not at all. Um, but the point being is like, we all have our strengths and I think it's important to find what your strengths are and tell yourself, hey, I'm actually good at this. Like, I'm good at this with my kids. I'm good at this with my husband or whatever it is, you know? Right, right, so, exactly. Um, and then talk about it and make other people feel bad. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Yeah, I mean, that's my goal. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I don't know if – did you have anything else you wanted to add about comparison or social media? Um, not really. I, this is something I'm still 
kind of working through. Yeah, well, we all are. Right. So, it's good, so it's those, good to talk those about. two main things has, have kind of helped me, just kind of unfollowing people, just kind of taking a step back. Yeah. And yeah. Kind of what you said, just realizing that you're looking at other people's highlight reels. You're Absolutely. not looking at their kind of nitty gritty everyday life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and some people, some people do post about that, but a lot of people don't. Yeah. So you yeah. never know what people are going through, what their life is really like, unless you, you know, really know them. And even then, I feel like those people that do post the nitty gritty stuff, like they post about it. I'm not saying everyone does this, but like, I feel like a lot of it is like, Hey, this is something that I went through, but now I'll look at me. I'm this strong person. So, like, a lot of times we don't see what the middle of the nitty-gritty looks like. We see, like, what the past nitty-gritty looked like and how they got over it, which I think is helpful in some ways. But other <laughs> ways, you're like, man, I'm a hot mess over here. Like, can anyone else relate to this? Like, <laughs> anyway. Okay, so you had some other tips that you mentioned. So let's talk about some other tips that you have about overcoming mom guilt. Yes, yeah, so... um yeah, so something else I was thinking about, and this is really specific to me, um, was apologizing mm-hmm. to my children. Yes. Just because um, this is something I didn't really experience as a child, mm-hmm. specifically with my my dad. Mm-hmm. It was kind of always my fault, whatever happened, um, and... You know, people who know me know that my parents got divorced and I no longer have a relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not something I really experienced growing up. Everything, if something happened, it was always my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if he lost his temper, it was because of something I did. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any memory of being apologized to. Yeah. And so this is something I kind of want to change that narrative with my own children. Yeah. And... I do have a temper. That's one of my faults, one of my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. It has gotten a lot better with children. Mm-hmm. You really have to kind of work on being patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I always tell the story of when I was a teenager, I lost my temper and I threw my brother's booster seat into the wall and put a hole in the drywall. <laughs> All right. Um, so... <laughs> I haven't done anything like that as an adult. Good. But there are times that I do I do lose my temper, I do yell and kind of in the evening and I'm putting my children to bed, I always try to remember to apologize to them. Be like, "Hey, I'm sorry. I lost my det- my temper today. I'm sorry I yelled." Mm-hmm. And the great thing about kids is they are so resilient and they are so forgiving. They really are. And, and I know that's not going to be the case forever, you know, but I, I do want them to have memory that mom isn't perfect. Mom Mm -hmm. makes mistakes. And, you know, when you're, when you make a mistake and you apologize, not only is that making your relationship stronger, but you're also modeling that behavior for your children to be like, Hey, you, you know, you, it's okay when you make mistakes, you apologize and you make it better. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And so that kind of helps me with my guilt. It just kind of helps me reset at the end of the day. So like, all right, let's try to do better tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think it brings a lot of humility into your own life when you're willing to apologize to a child. So I think right. I think that's great. Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm super good at it because I'm not. It still is really hard for me mm-hmm. sometimes to apologize and to kind of admit that I messed up and I did something wrong. I don't know if that's because that wasn't modeled for me as a child. I like to blame things on my childhood a lot. <laughs> well, a lo- no one likes to be wrong, so I think that's right. also that. Right. Yeah, so that's just that's something that's specific to me. Yeah. That me. Okay. That helps me with that. No, I like that. I like that a lot. And then you had one more. <clears throat> um one more i have a bunch more oh sorry well (laughs) what's your next one (laughs) so (laughs) this is a really long discussion guys um so something else that i thought of was to just kind of change your expectations yeah i feel like mom guilt comes from having these expectations of what you should be doing how you should be, what you need to get accomplished, what your relationship with your children would be. You have these expectations and you're feeling guilty because you're not meeting those expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And and if your expectations are super high, you're not going to meet them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're going to continue to feel that guilt every single day. So just changing what your expectations are. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's you kind of have to figure out what that's going to be i mean obviously you probably shouldn't have no expectations yeah but if you if you need to bring them way down you know that's okay that doesn't make you a bad person or a bad mom or or anything yeah you know i need to bring them way down to the bottom and then just kind of build them back up a little bit but just making them more manageable yeah so what is it what is changing your expectations looked like for you? Like what give us some examples? Um, so you kind of mentioned this a little bit ago. Um, changing my expectations have has kind of been an internal reflection of knowing myself and knowing what my strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you were talking about how um you know, what things am I good at? What things am I not good at? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, something that I'm not good at is I am not an imaginative, imaginative play mom. I'm not good at imaginative play. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even good at it as a child. Like me and my sisters, we would play Barbies and I would be, I would kind of build the house, the floor plan. And she was the one who would come up with the storyline. Mm-hmm. And so that's just something I'm not good at. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, I just kind of think about it and be like, I not, you know, maybe not, I'm not good at this or maybe I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I'm acknowledging it, you mm-hmm. know, but I'm good at these other things. I really love reading with my children. I like taking them to the park and I like talking with them. You know, if my son is playing blocks, I'll sit down and watch you. <laughs> yeah. And and they're fine with that. You know, I don't really imagine it to play with them. So then they don't expect me to. Yeah, and maybe maybe it's because I have boys, and I think maybe girls are more. Hey, let's play house, let's play family, and my kids are more like running around screaming and like hitting things. 
so so maybe that's different for me because I'm a boy mom and 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 if you have girls they more mm-hmm. I don't know, have a girl yeah <laughs> so yeah. you know they more like you to play with them and, and come up with these and come up with these things but yeah just knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and and playing to those strengths and mm-hmm. you want to work on your weaknesses and try to work it you know getting better at those things great but you know you don't have to yeah it's just and i'm assuming it, this is what you meant by happy medium because you have that as your next tip i'm assuming that's what you meant like have, finding a happy medium between high expectations and too low of expectations or what do you mean by that right you just kind of it's just kind of like a trial and error um kind of working out okay and and the thing i guess the thing i was specifically thinking about is is my specific to-do lists Mm -hmm. i am a list person Mm -hmm. i have 50 lists on my phone Uh and um you have you know a to-do list and you have all these things that you need to do and you need to get accomplished and if you're if you have this crazy list of things that you need to do and every single day, you know, you're going to, you know, you're making these expectations and these lists and it's too much Yeah. and you're not going to meet it. You're going to go to bed every day feeling like a failure. Yeah. And just kind of, you know, making that, finding that, that place where it's like, okay, I didn't accomplish everything, but look at the things I did accomplish. And I think making lists, actually helps me with that mm-hmm. just the physically physically checking things off of them mm-hmm. is is kind of a high for me <laughs> yep um but it just made me kind of think about you know if you if you had an employee and you sat them down and you gave them no training no orientation no guidebook and you were like hey every day is going to be different at this job you know, would you expect that employee to do an awesome job or do a perfect job? No, of course not. Yeah. Then why are you expecting that of yourself? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, okay, so then you talked about quality time. Yes. So this is, you know, specific with your, with your children. With your children, it's definitely, yeah. I feel like it's quality over quantity uh-huh. and that becomes more so when your kids are older and they're in school every day and they come home and you have all these extracurricular activities and then you yeah. go to bed and you realize I hardly spent any time with my, with my children today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, but it kind of mirrors you know, we talked about earlier, you know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Mm-hmm. It's kind of different for everybody. Yeah. You know, what is your, your quality time with your kids? Finding something that you both enjoy doing and doing it, even if, even if it's just for a little bit. Well, and it's amazing, you know? like, how much they just want to spend time with you. Like, yesterday, my son came up to me. He's like, Mom, can you watch a show while I snuggle you? And I just was like, okay, because he just started school, and so he's going through this, like, I don't have time with my mom like I used to, like, kind of withdrawal. But it was just, like, sweet that, like, that's all he wanted, that's all he needed for me was that, like, to put my phone down and, like, watch 
Pokemon with him. You know what I mean? So. Oh, you watched Pokemon. That's a good mom. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I <laughs> I had not seen Pokemon since I was a child, and I'm like, wow, I used to like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, exactly. but it was my... good. Like, I watched one episode, and that was enough for him, you know? So. Right, and that's gonna that's gonna mean a lot to him, and you know he's gonna remember that. Right, and, right. And my children are the same way with the whole. I know a lot of people have read that book. You know, the five love languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And realize that your children also have love languages. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it'd be worth your while to kind of figure out what those are. Yeah, I think so. And because that can help you with that quality time. Mm-hmm. Of course, quality time is one of the love languages. That's true. But um, you know, finding out what your kids' love languages are so that you can, you know, use the short amount of time that you do have with them to fill their bucket and show them that you that you love them. And and my my kids are are like yours, where they their love language is definitely you know, physical touch mm-hmm. and quality time. And as you've been a mom, I feel like your love language of physical touch gets less and less. <laughs> or you're just like, I it's true. No, that's true. But, you know, they still really need that. And my kids, even my 10-year-old, mm-hmm. will be like, Mom, Mom, can you come cuddle with me? Aw. And, and sometimes I can't. As You know, sometimes in the middle of something. But, yeah, you know, I really try to do that and just go sit on the couch and hold him and I, we were doing we were I was doing this I think it was yesterday or the day before I was just kind of holding him and rubbing his back and you know I had this realization that one day this is going to stop yeah you know hey he's going to ask me to cuddle with him and it's going to be the last time wow you're right you know mm-hmm. and you know and and I feel like when your kids are asking for that whether it be mom, can you cuddle with me? Mom, can you watch this show with me? Mom, can you watch me play? That's what my kids will ask me. They know I don't play with them. I will watch them play. (laughs) Can you watch me play? You know, what they're really saying is, mom, I need your attention. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and we really need to, you know, listen to that. Yeah. And be like, hey, I need to stop what I'm doing and I need to show them attention it doesn't need to be for an hour it doesn't need to be for a super long time mm-hmm. but just for a little bit quality over quantity I mean like I see you you know you're special to me you know I'm gonna do this yeah thing for you just for a little bit I love that that's yeah no I my husband is a surgery resident and I still remember we were in church one day and I said something like, I just don't know. It's just really hard for us to spend time as a family because my husband's schedule and blah, blah. And you were the uh-huh. one. I still remember you raised your hand and you were like, it's all about quality over quantity. And like, yeah, Ben only has a few hours here and there a week, but make sure that those hours are full, full of quality time and it it will be fine. And I think that's uh-huh. definitely true. So you're very wise as we've already already uh, established <laughs> I'm wise without uh, even knowing it it's true. without even knowing about it so then your final thought was about the power of no so yes. 
go go on yeah. and tell us about that. Um, yeah, so I just, you know, at the end of the day, you cannot do everything. You cannot be everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to say no. And I'm not, you know, necessarily talking about to your children. I don't have a problem saying no to my kids. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. saying no kind of to, to other people. And I feel like there's not really a formula for this. About yeah. when you say no and when you say yes. Um, but if saying yes to someone or something overwhelms you or it's going to keep you from doing it, the important things you need to do for your family, then it's a no. Yeah. And it's a little tricky because I feel like it's mostly a feeling. Yeah. And, you know, it's okay to say it. Yeah. And... And you can do it in a respectful way. Yeah. You now yeah. just be like, I'm sorry, I just, I can't, I have too much on my plate right now, or I can't handle that right now, or would you mind asking somebody else, and then if they can't do it, then I'll help you, kind of kind of something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and that includes, you know, delegating things, whether... You know, whether you work outside the home, whether you, you know, volunteer with church and you have a lot of responsibility there and also inside your own home. Yeah. If you're kind of the, this is, you know, stereotypical, you know, housewife, you know, doing all the, all the cooking, and all the cleaning. And that's like, you don't, you don't need to do that. Yeah. You can do things. Yeah. Your kids can do things. Yeah. And... You know, not only should you ask them, but you should expect them to. Yeah. yeah. You know? And um, I I have a pretty big house. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't clean the whole thing by myself. Yeah. I was like, my husband cleans. My kids clean. They're expected to clean up after themselves and cl- keep their keep their room clean and you know they're expected to clean bathrooms and to sweep and 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 that's something that kind of takes time and and when they're little it's it's frustrating because they're not doing it the right way yeah yeah but just taking that time to kind of teach your kids to to kind of do things around the house and to help out and that's it's expected of them mm-hmm might be initially kind of difficult but in the long run you know it's going to take a lot of the burden off of you yeah you're right and it's like worth because you're teaching them a lesson and you're relieving yourself at the same time so it's like beneficial for everyone so win-win (laughs) win-win so we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up but i just wanted to get your any more final thoughts on this topic uh yes so my final thought was was just that you know speaking to all the moms out there that are struggling with this um because we all are really on some level it's true is is just the thought that you are what your kids need you Mm -hmm. know i firmly believe that your children were supposed to be your children and you were supposed to be their mother because nobody can mother them like you can and nobody can love them like you can. Yeah. And, um, 
And even though we make mistakes, we can learn from those mistakes and our kids learn from those and everything that we do, you know, can be a learning experience Mm -hmm. for everybody. We're just all in this together as a family. I love that. I definitely constant my guilt usually derives from I'm not good at playing with my kids kind of like you and I'm not very perky kind of like you as well and so I sometimes struggle because it's like you see these other moms that are like so happy to play with kids and they're all perky and happy about you know baking cookies and stuff and like we bake cookies too but it's just like I'm just a, a lot more stoic and like chill and like that's what Flint and Dorothy need. And like, it's okay that I'm not perky. Like they love me the way I am. You know what I mean? So it's just, I don't need to beat myself up about that. Exactly. They love you for who you are. Right. And they want you to love them and want, you know, your attention more than anybody else's. Right. Right. Also baking with my children makes my eye twitch. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not your strength and that's okay. Typically, I have Ben do the baking with the kids. Just to be clear, I don't bake with them very often because I don't bake a lot. So, you know. Yes. Anyway. You just, you got to give yourself grace. Yes. Motherhood is, motherhood is just, you're just completely flying by the seat of your pants. It's so true. <laughs> every single day, every single year. And, and that's something I tell my kids too, especially my oldest. You know, I'm just like, we have never done this before. Mm-hmm when you turn 10 this is the first time we've ever had a 10 year old yep and we don't know what we're doing and even then the second one comes along and they're completely different it's... so even though you've had a 10 year old before this 10 year old's different it's and so, so true you... it's so yeah true. you just figure it out as you go and you you know say you're sorry and yeah. forgive each other and just move on and figure it out that's right Well, I just want to thank you for being willing to come on and talk about a topic that I know a lot of people are going to relate to because all moms go through this. And even to some degree, just women in general or men too, but like just people in general deal with guilt because of comparison and all that. So I just appreciate that you picked this topic and that you put the time into gathering your thoughts. And so I guess we will make that a wrap. Thanks, Emily. Okay, thank you. If you enjoyed this episode or any other episodes on this podcast, I would just encourage you to give me a review and some feedback on wherever you listen. That can be on Apple Podcasts, that can be on Spotify, that can be on Podbean. Um, And I also encourage you to follow along on Instagram. You can follow me at SheBuildsMeUp for any kind of updates or more information on the people that are on here. I always love hearing back from my listeners. So thanks again.